My name is Tony Litt. I'm the MD of Sunrise Radio, and it's my immense pleasure to bring you the official Sunrise Radio podcast. We are the number one commercial Asian station in the United Kingdom, with many firsts to our name, and we continue to be the voice of British Asians who have given us their love and loyalty over 30 years. It's a legacy we cherish and a responsibility that we don't take lightly. Our aim has always been to entertain the listeners with the best of Bollywood and Bangra while also addressing their concerns. A real voice for the community, a vibrant community and a great nation. We are proud to be British and Asian. This podcast is a compilation of some of the things we do on the station with a stellar lineup of presenters who each have their own personality and style. It's entertaining, informative, engaging, and we hope you will enjoy it here as a podcast if you are unable to tune in to the radio. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your family and friends about this podcast and do leave us a comment on what you think. We'd love to hear from you. All the best always. Team Sunrise. It's the breakfast show on Sunrise Radio. Raj Guy is the name. 90 second challenge. We play it every single morning, Monday to Friday. Are you ready? Let's play the 90 second challenge. Okay, let's go to the line we have got with us. Hardik, who is in Harrow, along with his wife, Rupal, and uh, Mahi. Hello. Can you turn your radio turn your radio off for me, please? Because I can hear myself and I don't like my Yes, voice. yes, yes. Yes, yes thank you very much. Mahi is 10 years old and she's got a sports day today. Are you going to win something, Mahi? Are you going to win today? Yeah. Yeah, of course you are. Is the uh, England football team going to win on Sunday? Yes, we'll do that. Yeah, absolutely. Coming home. <laughs> coming home, mate. It's coming home. All right, let's do this. Right, 90 second challenge. You know what you've got to do. You've got to beat that score of 15. That's set by Alka. She's been there the whole week. The whole week. Alka Yadav in Southampton, right? Uh, let's do this. Let's play. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Right. Let's play. The 90 second challenge! The game begins in 3, 2, 1. Question number one What language is spoken in Australia? English. Yep. What kind of animal is Dumbo? Elephant. Yeah, elephant. elephant. Which film came first? Sing is Bling or Sing is King? Sing is King. Yeah, absolutely right. Okay, next question. Who is known as the Badshah of Bollywood? Uh, King, uh, but, uh, Khan. Yep. What is a baby kangaroo called? Joey. Uh, Joey, yeah, well done, Mai. Uh, which place is closest to Bradford? Is it Middlesbrough or Northampton? Uh, Middlesbrough. Yeah, absolutely right. Who plays the role of Simran Guinea Janeja in the 2020 film Guinea Wed Sunny? Uh, Yummy Gotham. What did Medusa have on her head instead of hair? Snakes. Snakes, yep. The 2019 film Good News is about boiling eggs, frying eggs, or fertilizing eggs? Fertilizing eggs. <laughs> what kind of questions? The song Jadu Tari Nazar features in which film? Dar. Dar, yeah. Who, when was the film Queen released? 2005, 10, or 13? 2010? No, 13. 13. 13. Who, who starred as Gunjan Saxena in the 2020 film Gunjan Saxena, The Cargill Girl? Yeah. What type of curtain divided Eastern and Western Europe during the Cold War? What kind of curtain? What? It was an iron curtain. Name one of the singers of the song Suit Suit. Atendu Suit Suit from the film Hindi Medium. 
Oh, good Yeah, well done. That's brilliant. Wow. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You got 11. That is amazing. You got 11. You got to get to that score of 15, but you've got two bonus questions on the way, right? Are you ready for this? Here we yep. go. Okay, for question number one, for one point, you could lose a point or gain a point. Pharaohs, pharaohs are associated with pyramids. Can you spell pharaoh? E-R-R-O-W. No, no W's and no E's. No, sorry. So you lose. It's all right. It doesn't matter. We could have a tie-break situation there. You've now got 10. You've got 10. Five points is what this one is worth, okay? Have a listen to this. Tell me who this famous singer is and who was her husband. Mm. Oh my God! You got that right. That means we're going to tie-break situation. You got a plus five, fifteen. You both got fifteen. You and Alka. So I'm going to, to give you a bonus question. I'm basically going to give you the next question on the list over here. You get it right, you get one point. That means you're the winner. If you get it wrong, you lose the point. That means that Alka will be jumping up and down, right? Yep. <sighs> okay. Here we go. I think this is one that uh, Mahi's going to have to get involved with, okay? Which Disney cartoon features two lead characters mistakenly eating the same piece of spaghetti at the same time? No, sure. Which Disney cartoon features two lead characters mistakenly eating the same piece of spaghetti at the same time? No, sure. Oh, no, that's it then. That means it's all over, I'm afraid. You just uh, you're down by five points. That means you you are left with a score of five, and that of course means that Alka has done it. Well done, Alka! You are our winner of the week on the ninety-second challenge. You can now go and celebrate twice: once for winning this, and once when England win on Sunday. Thank you very much indeed for taking part today. Ninety-second challenge. We do it every single day here on the Breakfast Show. Have a go on Monday morning. You can catch Raj Guy and his funny humour weekdays on breakfast between 6am and 9am. Hi, this is Anushka Aurora. As always, lovely to have your company for the Sunrise Radio podcast. And this week, I have another special guest on the show. Renal, welcome to Sunrise Radio. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much, Anushka. So uh, I think first things first, uh, let's talk about this entire pandemic and how it's been for you both as a person and as an actor too. Well, uh, earlier, you know, the first wave came in and it got a bit gloomy because we couldn't uh, meet our friends and a lot of uh, friends were losing their loved ones. So it was a little difficult for all of us. Uh, slowly things started getting better we started getting back to work and that's when the second wave came in and uh, I felt like uh, as an actor as a performer it is very important for my film to come out so that you know there is something that people look up to especially film like Tufan, which is so inspiring and motivating Mm -hmm. I think uh, the film coming out on OTT is like a blessing because it will reach out to all the around the globe you know we we are releasing the movie 240 countries and its territories so i think it's uh, uh although we're going to miss the film in the theater but uh, uh, i'm happy that the film is going to be viewed by the globe and not just in hindi but also in english 
Lovely, absolutely. And I think um, and I think with people like you guys who want to release their movies, uh, especially over the last few months, I think it's a wise decision and the fact that you guys are um, just kind of adapting to the situation because that is also a thing as well. You have to adapt to what it is, this pandemic. I mean, like I wouldn't want my family to risk their lives and go to the theater and contract uh, COVID. Uh, I think it's wiser to stay at home, uh, enjoy the movie with your entire family. And uh, I think uh, things are changing and we need to change and change is constant. So that's how uh, we look at it as I think uh, sometimes if, if I say so, it's, it's a global release and uh, for an Indian actor to have a film which is globally releasing, it's like, um, it's, it's amazing, right? Yeah, for sure. And now, Ranan, tell me a little bit about the film. Let's talk about Tufan. Uh, what was it about this film that made you want to do it? Rakesh from Prakash Mehra. <laughs> be associated with him. Uh, you know, I did not know much about the story. All I knew was I want to be a part of film because Rakesh sir is directing it and Farhan, they both are coming together and we all saw the magic both created in their last uh, collaboration, Bhagam Al Khabhag. I knew for a matter of fact, this is going to be an iconic film to be a part of. And uh, the cherry on the cake was the role, Ananya. I felt like I was the first and the last girl to audition for the role. Uh, it was quite overwhelming to read the part. And uh, earlier my thought process was, you know, I really want to be a part of this film. It doesn't really matter what role is. But when I read it, I was really emotional because it was a, it's a good part. It's a meaty role. And uh, like I said previously also, a lot of girls are going to be jealous because I'm, I got the part. And it is a meaty role. It's going to change the way filmmakers look at Indian Bollywood actresses. Um, and and the character also she's so liberal she's 2020 girl she's um she's an empath she is uh, she works as a catalyst catalyst when it comes to uh transformation of aziz ali uh, due to aziz ali and uh, i think uh, we all have that one person in our lives who change uh us who makes us a better person and i'm glad that uh, ananya does that to aziz and there is an there is ananya in every house it could be uh, your the son of the family, could be the daughter of the family, it could be the house help, it could be the mother or the wife or the girlfriend or the boyfriend, it could be anyone. So I'm happy to be a part of a film which will be relatable. Uh, the audience are getting smarter. So this is actually a slice of life. And when I watched the movie, not just as an actor, but I was engrossed in the movie. I was sitting on the edge of the seat when I was watching the movie. It, it, is, it has drama, it has entertainment, it has love story, it has sport, it has determination, um, discipline, it has everything. So you will watch everything in like two hours, 15 minutes. That sounds action-packed. Now, Munal, you just mentioned that the audience is getting smarter. Has that made you choose your projects in a different way? Yes. Uh, thanks to the audience, they are changing. Their demands are changing constantly. And I think one of the reasons why these um, the, sh the shows, the, uh, the shows which came out recently last year, they, they, they had a different impact, you know. Uh, audience don't want to see... Uh, the cliche thing again and again. They want to see, they want to be inspired. They want these movies. They want to see if they are investing two hours of their life uh, in watching a movie, what do they take back home? They need to be happy. They shouldn't say, Ki, are, uh, mm, paise, paise waste 
Yeah. yeah. I don't want them to say that. I want them to uh, feel empowered after watching the movie. And uh, as an as an audience, also when I watch the movie, I I look at it as what what did I learn? Uh, and I somewhere down the line, I try and find myself uh, in that character or in that film. So and that's what the audience are doing. Uh, when people reach out to me on social networking sites and they say, "Mrinal, uh, earlier we looked at actresses as um, you know like we cannot reach to them." Like right now, when when we look at you, I feel like even I can be an actor, and that was a huge compliment for me because what was missing in not just in the industry, but um, you know, it was it was that relatability. People could not relate earlier. For them, it was just a hero. I'm not just a heroine. I'm I'm also uh, a girl next door. I'm also a girl who, who exists in like there are a lot of girls like me who want to be an actor, but they give up. for some for some reason or the other and i want to set an example that you should never give up you should always have faith no matter where you're coming from no matter what your background is uh no matter which country you live you should if you want to be an actor if you want to be whatever if you want to be a boxer if you want to be whatever you just do not give up uh so yeah i just want my movies to be inspiring and people to learn out of it some way or the other And you know this film it's it's again it's a sports movie but what what would you say makes this film completely different to what we've seen previously what is different is the magic that Farhan and Rakesh so they both have created every time we watch any character created by Rakesh or Prakash Mehra it is like you cannot forget them and the way he balances everything the way he introduces us to life emotions um what makes this movie different is uh, it's it's the fact that it's it's um, you know when you go on a drive and when you look outside the window and you see life you see people in the market you see people on the streets everybody is in their own thought process that's what happens to you as a viewer when you watch this film it just feels like it's a slice of life uh, uh, like all the characters that rakesh sir have casted be it supriya supriya ji be it uh, um, paresh ji be it uh, husain dalal uh, or dr mohan agase uh, or uh, farhan or i um, he made sure that the character are apt like people should not feel like oh i'm watching an actor and then i have to convince myself that you are watching mrunal as ananya no mm-hmm. the beauty is you should when you when you uh, when the film begins you should fall in love with the character as ananya or as uh, a jew uh, that's the beauty that's the magic he creates and i feel this is one of the reason why the film is so different and uh, not because i'm a part of the movie but i feel this is an iconic film because i got so inspired after watching this film after being a part of this film i actually started mixed martial arts and i uh, i started uh, getting into fitness and the credit goes to uh, farhan uh, his entire team the 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 trainers they the amount of hard work farhan has put in it's impeccable like i wish that is one quality that i could steal from him Wow, that sounds amazing. And the fact that you've started to do mixed martial arts now, that's quite something, right? Yes, I mean, I don't want to leave a reason. I want my filmmakers to cast me for um, you know, not just as a girl who is 
who's naive, who's vulnerable, but I also want my filmmakers to cast me uh, as a badass girl who's into action. So like here in this film, I'm playing a doctor. She's confident. She's 2020. And a small and a minor change, if I may say so, Anushka, is the fact that uh, we were when we were working on the looks of Ananya, um, sir asked me, Rakesh, sir, what is it that you think we should do to Ananya? And I was like, I don't know, we should just probably, um, you know, wear some different hair or makeup and outfit, but that's not it. We need a character to, uh, and I had really long hair. I was like, what if I chop my hair? Because uh, that's no Bollywood actresses, not many Bollywood actresses are seen in short hair. A mm -hmm. uh, lot of uh, girls I met, they said, oh, I can't cut my hair because my family doesn't approve of it. And I felt really bad that it's your choice. You know, also people don't know how much time it takes to maintain, but also short. Yeah, it, it, it describes uh, uh, free freedom, you know, many things. It just adds on to that character. And the fact that she's a doctor, the fact that uh, she treats the patient in, in Mumbai, in a government hospital, uh, there's so much, it just adds on. And I can't wait for you to, uh, like whatever qualities I'm talking about, I can't wait for you to experience it. And all these small differences did make a huge difference because during the pandemic, when I wanted to go dub in little bit bits and pieces of the movie, I couldn't recognize myself because my hair was grown and I looked at it and I just felt like uh, I have done a good job. And thanks to Rakesh sir, because he, he made, he always pushed me to perform better, uh, but in a very unknowing way. I didn't even know that I was, getting better and better every take. Wow, that sounds amazing. And so, so inspirational, Ronald. Thank you so much uh, for taking the time out and speaking about this. We really look forward to it. All the best for this movie and all your other projects too. And we really look forward to seeing you here in London sometime soon. Soon, hopefully soon. Oh my God, I can't wait to travel. And I don't want to do this virtually. Hopefully yeah. it's one-on-one. -on -one. Definitely. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye. Bye. Listen to our Bollywood queen, Anishka Aurora, from 12 noon to 4 p.m. weekdays on Sunrise. Throughout my radio career, I've had the pleasure of interviewing people um, on many occasions for their first ever live interview. But there's something quite special about this because this young lady that I'm about to speak to, uh, let me tell you, she's traveled to 18 countries and yet counting. She'd lived in five nations already. She's a trained classical dancer and yet she is only 14 years old and has released a brand new single called Swag Dera Atra. Let me welcome 14-year-old Shrinaya to the show. Good morning, Shrinaya. Good morning. How are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you? I'm very well. Listen, I said to you off air, I know this is your very first live interview ever, so I am honoured to be able to do that to you. So be calm, be cool. I, I won't bite and I swear we'll just have a conversation, all right? No pressure. Thank you for having me on the show. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. Listen, firstly... Forget the song for now. Congratulations. 14 years old. You're four years older than my own daughter and you've accomplished so much already. So congratulations on that. Um, let's talk about the travel. So first of all, how comes you've been to so many countries and have lived in five nations? So my father actually had a job where, which required lots of traveling. Right. So therefore we lived in 
so many different countries right. and it was such a great experience. I can imagine. I mean, just tell me a few of the countries that you've lived in. So I lived in Malaysia, Abu Dhabi, Australia, India. And you're only 14 years old and how many languages can you speak just out of interest? Um, I learned a few languages when I was living abroad, but I don't really remember them. You don't remember. It happens, it happens. I mean, my parents grew up in East Africa and they spoke Swahili fluently and now because they haven't used it, they, uh, they're not very, very eloquent in uh, speaking it anymore. But that happens. Listen, let us talk about being so well accomplished musically at the age of 14. I know it's probably something that you don't see as a thing, right? Because you're like, why do people keep talking about my age? But you know what? For someone as old as me now, at the age of 14, I could I could just about get up and go to school. And you've done so much already at 14. Uh, tell us how you first got involved in music. Where was the interest? So I'm really fortunate that Shay is my relative and... He's an amazing producer, so he's always been really supportive of me, and he's worked really hard to open up doors for me, starting my musical journey, and I'm really grateful for that. So Shay, for those that are listening, will remember him formerly known as Shile. I've played a lot of his music on my show, both this one and the Bhangra show I do on Saturday afternoons. And he recently changed his kind of stage name to Shay, and he's produced yeah. a couple of couple of big tracks for Bambi Baines recently. Uh, what about musical inspiration? You're saying that Shay is your relative. I mean, what, what sort of music did you grow up listening to? Um, my inspirations are definitely Shreya Goshal and Neha Kakko. Um, when I was abroad, my parents used to always take me to Shreya Goshal's concert. Mm-hmm. And once Shreya Goshal ac- actually handed me her microphone wow. uh, when I was five. And because I was so young, I didn't really know what to do. Like, I knew how to sing, but I didn't really, I was a bit shocked. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you might feel like that's a missed opportunity, but I'm, I can guarantee you many of those opportunities will arise again. So Hindi music is definitely your musical flavor, right? Yes, definitely. And so so singing in Hindi, is that an issue? Is it a language you speak or is it something that you learn while you're recording the tracks? No, actually, Hindi comes to me quite naturally because right. I've always watched Bollywood films and listened to Hindi music. So I've kind of just learned the language. And where does a 14-year-old go from now? I mean, what's next? World domination, obviously. But before that, like, uh, have you got more music in the pipeline? Or do you have to stop and study for a couple of years now? Um... As well as uh, pursuing my musical career, I am going to continue with my studies. So I will be juggling uh, singing with my studies and my dancing as well. And clearly clearly your parents are really supportive of that, right? I'm really lucky to have a really supportive family and my parents have always supported me. Um, I'm really lucky that. that is so wonderful to hear because you know what I have to I don't know whether you know this or not but I have to because I come from an acting background I've been in a bunch of TV and films and all that kind of stuff and I started at your age my first professional engagement as an actor was when I was 14 or 15 years old and that was because my parents fully supported me as well my mum used to take me to my auditions and castings and stuff so I am in the same boat as you I come from a, a young performing background and I've had the support of my parents so give props to your mum and dad for me as well because I know exactly what that feels like and how hard sometimes it is to do but belief is belief right yes definitely and they clearly have the belief in you now listen let's talk about this song then before i play it so obviously you said shay the producer is your relative but how did the song come about why this song so uh shay created the music and then 
me and my mum found a lyricist and a composer and we all worked together to create the song and we actually created it in two weeks and got into the studio and recorded it. And so how does someone, you said that with such ease, me and my mum found a lyricist and a composer. I mean, where do you find those? You don't find them like just hanging out on a high street in London, right? Yeah, it's much harder than it sounds. Yeah. And, yeah, and so the lyrics is basically just describing me and it's how I'm chasing my dreams and um, how I've travelled and lived abroad and just about having fun. Now, I'm quite fortunate that this song doesn't come out until the 23rd of July, right? And I'm getting first play of it here on Sunrise on my show. So again, another honour. It's still a few days or even a couple of weeks before the release. How are you feeling? Because I know the video trailer, the teaser is out, right? Yeah. So I've received so much good feedback and so much engagement with this trailer. So I'm really excited to drop the single and then the music video. Listen, uh, Srinaya, your parents have clearly done a very, very good job of you. You're eloquent. You've got your head on your shoulders. You're clearly very talented. It's a real pleasure to have spoken to you. I look forward to actually meeting you in person and kind of having you in the studio and have a proper chat. We could do a thing what I call Chai with Chana. We could sit down and like talk about random things like favourite cartoons, shows growing up and all that kind of stuff. I do mad stuff normally, but I just wanted to get you on air and introduce you to my listeners and to the world. And uh, like I said, thank you so much for taking time out i wish you all the very best and literally i'll be rooting for you man because i think people like you deserve all the love credit and uh success that you deserve and more Thank you so much. You know what? All show, I've been teasing you about this brand new Desi refix of Three Lions. It's done by a man who's been in the music industry, certainly on the DJing live side of it all, for many, many years. In fact, someone I grew up hearing the name of extensively. I worked with Sanjay Sanjan Ame of Executive and Bank Company. And Manji B was a name that I heard all the time. And in fact, as I mentioned just before the break, I think he might have even DJed at my now wife's 21st birthday. Well, not that many years ago, but some years ago. Manji B, welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Sunrise, mate. Oh my God. Thanks, Sammy. Thanks very much for getting me on. I really appreciate it. No, see, look, this is the joy of technology, right? We haven't connected in any way other than you started following me on Instagram. You sent me a message saying, I've done this refix. Can I send it to you? You then emailed it to me. I heard it and I went, you know what? I've got to get it on the show today, particularly because it is the (laughs) eve of what I'm calling Super Sunday. Manji, just tell us a little bit about you, man, because I know you've been around for ages. Just tell us a little bit about your kind of musical background. Okay, well, I, I obviously stemmed back from the um, sort of early 90s, playing, yep. uh, doing a lot of the big Asian wedding, um, uh, weddings out there. Mm-hmm. The days of a laugh spread me and then sort of moved into the, 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 the 2000s. I was at that time probably doing about 160 gigs a year. Wow. Uh, single-handedly. So it was, it was mad. It was mad. And then I, I did that for quite a, quite a long time, for about 10 years. And I came off the scene for a little bit, just took a break yep. and wanted to chill. But the thing is, the music's still in the blood. And I've never left it, and I've you know I'm right up, bang up to date with all you know the latest music that's being played right up to Brownwood and stuff, yep. you know, and, and the uh, the stuff that's coming out of Canada. But it's in the blood; it'll never go away. And I've been doing a little bit of live streaming, sort of radio shows, yep. but I haven't really been on the road for quite a few years now. But that's, 
That's right, because like I said, I was on the road with uh, Executive and Bad Company uh, in the days of kind of my my sort of early, mid to late teens, I guess, for about 15 years. And of course, Mandy yeah. B Roadshow was the name that was always around and synonymous. And I said, I think you might have even DJed at my wife's 21st birthday party at Ealing Town Hall all those years ago. Their family wow. were adamant. Every time they had a family party, the Helens and the Varmas, they always booked Mandy B. And I've got videos <laughs> of proof. I've seen it as well. So listen, it's, it's, a, it's a real honour to have you on the show. Like I said, I've grown I up with your name and I've watched you many times um, tell us how you came across doing this why obviously I was going to ask you why now but that's obvious but why this why step back in with this <laughs> no no I've done quite a few little sort of remixes and sort of mixtape stuff that I've, I've pushed out onto um, uh, my SoundCloud and also YouTube as well right but I originally did this refix sort of dishy style refix back in 2018 for the World Cup okay and it died a death because of the results of obviously, obviously England not going further yeah and then somebody poked me the other day and said, one of my cousins actually said, Oi, where's your mix? I said, I said it's, it's, it's there, but it's a bit old. I'm going to have to refix the refix. Uh-huh. So that night, I refixed the refix. Oh, you, so you refixed the refix. That's brilliant. What, what kind of changes did you make? Did you just update the beats and stuff? Yeah, what I did is I approached Johnny Kelsey from um, TDF brilliant. Foundation. Yep. And also I spoke to, and I, and I got... Um, hardcore involved from uh, Eternal yes, uh, yes from the Midlands yep. Bajengi's daughter yep. and I said guys listen give me a favour just record it on your WhatsApp yeah or whatever you're going to do just send me send me some beats and I basically took those beats and stuck them back on are you joking are you kidding they sent you doll samples on WhatsApp and then you cleaned them up on, on your, on your right. desk wow <laughs> I mean that is the future if ever I've heard it I know people have sent kind of uh, scratch mixes and rough vocals and stuff but to hear that you've actually used samples recorded straight onto a phone recorder is quite mind blowing directly um, from WhatsApp yeah that, that is phenomenal and what you've done with it is brilliant and I think the timing for this you know Atomic Kit and just released that Southgate we love you you still turn me on their own version of football's coming home again this excited me so much I had to get you on it was just to take a couple of minutes man to talk about it Manji it's a pleasure catching up with you uh, well done for doing this and I'm going to continue to play it hopefully depending on the outcome of tomorrow uh, what's oh, your prediction what's your prediction <laughs> it's coming home mate don't worry it's coming home what is your prediction Manji come on give me a prediction 2-0 two, 2-0 two nil. Two nil. Two nil England that sounds like yep. a great one take care Manji brilliant catching up with you bro Cheers, bro. Bye-bye. Join Amit Channa every Saturday from 4pm for the Bungwa Showdown, playing you the finest in Punjabi and Bungwa music from the past, present and future. This is Anila Dami on Sunday. I'm going to speak to Conservative Party Vice Chair and MP for West Aberdeenshire and Kinkardi. Andrew Bowie. Good morning to you, MP Bowie. Good morning, Noah. Thank you very much for joining us. Before the break, we heard from the Mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, about how he wants to talk to the government about face masks on public transport. Do you think that face masks should be mandatory on public transport? Yeah, I heard what um, uh, the Mayor, Sadiq Khan, had to say. And to be perfectly honest, I don't think we are too far removed from each other's position. We are going to be encouraging people to uh, wear face masks in enclosed uh, public spaces. We're not going to be making it mandatory. We think that people uh, should be able to decide for themselves and you know do the right thing in terms of uh, looking after who's around them. In, in effect, we're talking about good neighbourliness and good manners. Uh, but if you're in an enclosed public space, for example, on the tube or on a bus, then we will be encouraging people to continue to wear face masks until the present COVID emergency has indeed stopped being a risk to public health. 
Well, Sajid Javid said earlier this week that even if a train carriage said that you should wear a face mask, he wouldn't follow the guidance. Do you think there's mixed messaging on this? Well, I don't think so. We we are quite clear that, you know, whilst it will not be mandatory, and if you don't wear a face mask, you won't be breaking the law, we do think that people should consider those around them. And, and you're wearing a face mask is, is just one of the sensible uh, steps that everybody in this country can take to prevent COVID being passed from one person to another. It, you know, it's that you, many people who have the disease are asymptomatic. They have no idea whether they've got COVID or not. So until we have you know, everybody in this country, the vast majority of people in this country vaccinated. And until we've dealt with the health variant around the continent of Europe and indeed around the world and got it into an unmanageable place, whereas we will not be insisting uh, through law that people have to wear face masks in England, we will be encouraging it because it is the sensible thing to do. And you've used words like these are the sensible steps and do the right thing. Do you think that making face masks voluntary could be a divisive move where people become the moral police and one side will be, you know, why are you wearing a face mask? Take it off. And the other side will be, well, actually, I'm trying to protect you and me. Well, I hope not, because, you know, for, for, for one reason more than any other, there are certain people in society today, in our country today, who, for whatever reason, be that they have uh, asthma or some other uh, breathing difficulty, are not required to wear face masks at the minute. So if we're going to go down the route of, you know, uh, finger pointing and, uh, as you say, being the moral police, insisting that people either wear or don't wear face masks, then we risk alienating and, uh, and making life very difficult for these people who, uh, for whom wearing a face mask is just simply impossible at the moment. So I really hope we don't go down that route. I just hope that the British people, uh, sensible and, and, and good-mannered as they uh, almost certainly are, um, do their bit uh, voluntarily to cease uh, the spread of this awful disease whilst not being threatened with the strong arm of the law if they've decided that in their interest it's, it's best not to wear a face mask. I suppose it comes down to common sense. If you're on a tube in Russia, mm. you know, it would be the sensible thing to wear a face mask. But if you're on, for example, a train carriage uh, first thing in the morning or last thing in the evening and you are maybe the only person in that entire train carriage, it's you know sensible to say, well, it's balanced the risk. You could probably take your face mask off in the latter situation, where, whereas it would be very sensible to keep it on in the former situation. So I think that's where we've got to get to. We've got to get the British people thinking for themselves how best they can themselves uh, stop the spread of this disease whilst taking a common sense approach. Well, MP Bowie, let me just tell you about what happened to me on the train the other day. I was sitting there and at the moment the rules are still in place. It's still law Mm -hmm. and the social distancing rule is still in place. And on some train tubes, there are odd numbers of seats. So I sat in the middle of two seats to keep my distance from those sitting around me. And I had one man opposite me calling me selfish. And he proceeded for a good amount of the journey calling me selfish and I sat there and ignored it knowing that I was doing what I thought was the right thing and perhaps comfortable for others. Somebody then Uh wanted to come and sit next to me. They were wearing a face mask so I was comfortable with that. Very much, you know, taking on board what I'm comfortable with, what other people are Uh comfortable with, being really conscious of others and mindful but being called selfish at the same time. Yeah. Well, I think that's just, that's just incredibly impolite and boorish behaviour. And I would, you know, I would speak out very strongly against anybody that acted like that. Essentially, you were like so many other people in this country, the vast majority of people abiding by the rules, trying to keep yourself and other people safe. And nobody should be criticised for that. Certainly, nobody should be getting called selfish simply for trying to do your bit to stop this disease spreading. 
So it's going to be about, uh, you know, good manners. It's going to be about uh, taking sensible precautions. And, you know, I think on the whole, the British people are very good at taking the best decisions for themselves, whilst understanding the risk they pose to themselves and others if they aren't going to do so. And earlier I spoke to Deepthi Gurdasani and I do want to give you a right to respond to that because she was saying that actually she thinks that the government, it's dangerous and unethical at the moment to lift all COVID restrictions. And I know you have answered this really, but I do want to just give you the right to respond as well about this letter that scientists have written in The Lancet about removing all restrictions on July 19th being premature. Look, I, I read a lot, and of course I've got great respect for our scientists and our doctors, and goodness me, where would we be uh, without them uh, right now? But the fact is, we have to take a decision uh, to move this country on. There are so many lives being uh, put on hold, and in fact there's so many lives being lost as a result of the restrictions that the British people have been living through now uh, for a year and a half. So we are going to be easing and removing all restrictions in England on the 19th of July, but it's going to be about you know, taking sensible steps, thinking for yourself, thinking about others, you know, doing practical things, not with the strong arm of the law threatening you if you don't, but acting in a way that you know is for the good of yourself and the good of your neighbours. That's what we're going to be encouraging the British people to do from July the 19th. And you know what? I think looking back uh, through history, the British people have been very good on the whole at, at taking sensible steps for themselves and for their neighbours when when times have asked them uh, to do it. So I have no doubt that this, this current generation will do the same. And I would encourage everybody to listen to what's being said when they're on in a crowded public space, when they're on public transport, uh, think about who they're around, think about themselves, think about their families, uh, who they might be going home to after they've been on that bus or that tube station. Put on a mask if the situation uh, determines it, but know that it's going to be being encouraged and you are not going to be breaking the law if you don't. And Scotland, I mean, what's happening there with the restrictions? Are, are all restrictions going to be lifted, legal restrictions going to be lifted on July 19th as well? No, so up here, obviously, um, uh, public health is a devolved competency. So the Scottish National Party are in government in Edinburgh. Um, we are going to hopefully be moving to uh, level zero in the, uh, the, the process we have up here, which will see much more freedom. On July uh, the 19th, there will still be legal restrictions on what we are not allowed to do and how we are allowed to interact. Masks, for example, will still be mandatory from July the 19th. Scotland's Freedom Day, uh, for those that want to call it that, will come uh, on on August the 9th. But we uh, have no real comprehension of what that will mean or what restrictions will remain uh, until this coming Tuesday when Nicola Sturgeon's First Minister will be giving a statement to uh, Holyrood. I personally, mm-hmm. as a Conservative, um, hope that uh, we take the same steps as England and that we move to much more of a, a self-regulatory encouragement um, uh, mode uh, of trying to protect public health. I think that for the good of the economy, for the good of jobs, and actually to save lives in other contexts, Scotland should be moving at the pace uh, of, of our largest neighbour. But uh, we will wait to see what the First Minister announces on Tuesday. And as has been the case all the way along, with very, very few uh, exceptions, uh, the government in Edinburgh uh, will be taking steps like the government in London based on the best possible uh, science and medical advice. And lastly, what do you make of Andy Burnham's comment that the lifting of all restrictions is a political decision rather than a health or economic one? I think that's uh, Andy Burnham making a political statement about somebody making what is not a political uh, decision. This is a uh, I mean, and just uh, to reiterate, Deepthi Gurdasani also said that she thought it was ideological rather than health-driven. It, it's absolutely not ideological. We've got a backlog of tens of thousands of cases 
in the NHS right now. People have been uh, scared to go into hospitals. People uh, have been worried about the restrictions, about whether they might be breaking the rules, uh, going into hospitals with or, or to see their GPs uh, with ailments which you know need to be treated. Um, you know, we've had a huge issue with uh, with loneliness in the country, depression, uh, suicide rates have skyrocketed. We've seen the effect on the economy, the effect on the hospitality sector. This has nothing to do with ideology. This is about taking practical steps, getting this country back on track to save lives and to save livelihoods. That's what it is. And for Andy Burden to claim anything else, I'm afraid it's just uh, rank opportunism on behalf of the Mayor of Greater Manchester. MP Andrew Bowie, thank you very much for your time this morning. Thank you. Tune in every Sunday, 10am to 12 noon, for Anila Darmi on Sunday, giving the British Asian community a voice on the matters of the day.